Well, hello, folks. Welcome back. I'm Pastor Mike, along with Rick Salcida, and you have tuned in to the Red River Rising. And today we've got a, uh, a great message going to be coming to you. I'm sure this is going to be another probably two- or three-part series, depending on how talkative we get today, <laughs> Rick. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the book of Jonah and how we can't seem to run too far away from God. Rick, are you excited about what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, it's a really good message. Um, you know, we're all... Uh, fallible we all have our flaws but the, the great thing is god's patience he works with us to uh bring those flaws to our to the forefront mm-hmm. to our you know to our uh foremind where we're we're conscious of it and we're dealing with it and he works with us to overcome them yeah I, we're going to point out several things today that i think um you know the book of jonah itself is very short it's only four chapters i'm looking at it right now in my little bible here it um you know i got to be honest with you rick for the longest time i never read the book of jonah i'd always ho- heard the story you know you grew up with it as a child being taught in sunday school and uh at children's church but as an adult I kind of bypassed reading it um it just didn't seem like it really was that pertinent uh you already knew, I guess, the the key points, but there's actually a lot of really good information in these four little chapters here that can relate to our lives. So, so that's what we're going to be talking about and getting into. And uh, we're going to I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to kind of skim through the book itself real quick and maybe uh, read a little bit, talk to you about it, and then when we're done, we'll kind of get into some of the meat of this and uh, bring out some some points with it. So, all right, sounds good. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start out in the book of Jonah and. Uh, right here in chapter one. Now, folks, like I said, you could read this and probably, you know, if you're a good reader, like my wife, maybe five to seven minutes. If you're a reader like me, maybe 15 minutes. Um, depends on how distracted I get by the butterflies. But anyway, you could read it and I encourage you to do so after this as well, since we're not going to take the whole thing. But starting in chapter one, verse one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of now, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, but uh, a Mattiah, maybe, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from, that's another one of those words, Tarshish, Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now see, so we get off right off bat here. Jonah's being told, God's telling him, saying, Hey, look, I want you to go and I want you to do this. I want, and without even skipping a beat, he takes off in the opposite direction. He says, No, I'm not doing it, right? So he gets on this boat and he gets out here and then the, the, uh, storm comes up on the sea and we, we all know the story. A big huge storm comes up and he had talked to the other people that were on the boat and he had told them what he was doing on the boat. And uh, all of a sudden the storm starts overtaking it and everybody starts getting scared. The guys remember saying, Oh man, Jonah. Hey, dude, why'd you do this to us, man? You know, because they remember him telling them the reason why he was on the boat. And so they say, you know, this is crazy. What do we got to do to stop this? And, uh, and he says to them, he says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that it is great temptest. The, this great temptest is because of me. Now, nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not for the sea continued to grow more temptatious against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah 
and they tossed him overboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One, I could just, I was like the pirate and walked the plank, right? Except for this time he got shoved over the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we see there right at the very beginning, just of chapter one alone, that, um, God told Jonah to do something. Jonah ran, got into a boat, paid some people to go, get out into it. God sends up a storm. The storm is so great now that, uh, Jonah gets tossed into the sea, right? That takes us right here into, uh, it, it, to, to chapter number two here, uh, right at the end. So now uh, verse 17, I do want to point this out real quick. It says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now we're getting into chapter two, but I love how it said right there that the Lord had prepared a great fish. This wasn't hot by happenstance. This wasn't, you know, didn't catch God off guard that Jonah was thrown off that mm-hmm. he ran the other way either. Yeah, there's sometimes uh, God will prepare a storm for our benefit because at the end of the storm we're we're a better person and he's glorified. That's right. Because he got glorified among the sailors. They were pagans. But then they they were they glorified and worshiped God at, at the end of, you know, when they threw Jonah overboard and then the storm dissipated. Yeah. They dedicated, you know, they made vows to God. Yeah, I'm about to say, that's actually a really good point. You know, they tried to row, and they couldn't make it there. It forced them to cry out. That's what mm-hmm. he said. They actually cried out to the Lord, huh? Yeah. So sometimes, you know, our own actions bring storms into our life. Yes. Sometimes just this broken world we live in brings storms into our life. Mm-hmm. And there are times where God will bring a storm into our life. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's right. So we see here that God prepared that fish then to swallow up Jonah. And, uh, so he, he's in the belly of the whale, belly of the fish. It never says whale, it says fish. And, um, then in chapter two, it starts out, it said that Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from the fish belly. And it basically here, he's crying out all through, uh, chapter two saying, Lord, answer me, <laughs> help me, hear me. I mean, he's, he's in the belly of the fish. Now he's going, Oh, this ain't good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and that reminds me of several times when I've gotten what I've asked for or I run to another direction or I've done something and then I end up in a situation where I just want to get out of it. Lord, I'm so sorry. And whatever I did to get here, I know what I did, but I just want to get out of it. Help me, help me, help me. And that's what we see, right? Yeah. So uh being in the belly of the fish three days, three nights, God finally got Jonah's attention. That's right. Jonah's finally, you know, Jonah's will is being broken here. His defiant will is being broken, and he's realizing, um, I need to submit to God. That's right. That's right. So then after he finally does submit to God with that, uh, the Lord speaks to the fish. In verse 10 of, of chapter 2, it says, So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, that's something, right? That fish would have held its mouth shut, held Jonah in there, until the Lord gave a direction for that to be released too. Uh, I, I, I point that out because uh, just the voice of God, the words of God will open and shut everything. And that means opportunities. That means uh, doorways in and out of things, in, into good, out of good, into bad, out of bad, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Just at the words of the Lord. And uh, just uh, chase a rabbit, go down a rabbit hole real quick. Here. Yeah. Um, now Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Mm-hmm. So what do you suppose the digestive system <laughs> did to Jonah's appearance? Because back then in that region, they were dark skinned people. 
So, you know, was he, was he, did he look a little green? Did he look a little albino? Right. Did he, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, did he, you know, was there burn blisters on him? I mean, how did he look? Did he, 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 did he look abnormal and did this have an impact when he was, when he was preaching to Nineveh? Right. You know, that's a good point, Rick. I'm not a, I'm not a biologist by any means, but, um, I do know that the stomach contains, you know, certainly, you know, certain acids and so, things that break down the food. And I'm sure it's no different within fish, but, uh, we know this. It couldn't have been pleasant. And, uh, he definitely had to look different coming out than when he went in. Uh, no doubt about that either. So yeah, uh, you know, that's a good point, man. That's a really good point because that's exactly what leads into chapter three. And that's exactly what happens is that the fish vomits him up on the shore. And, um, in verse three, it starts out, said, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and preach to it. The message that I tell you. Uh, so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh, now listen, this is great. Now Nineveh, was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Now, we could stop here and probably pray, or probably preach on this for, for quite a few days. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So now, what we saw here, just right there, we see Jonah being told to do something. Jonah then being rebellious against it, saying, no, I'm not going to do it. Now, we know, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, what Jonah's motives were, why he said no. He, there was more than just, hey, I don't want to go three days' journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to travel three days. There's, he had some underlying issues with going here, and we'll talk about that. But he def- he rebels against God in that aspect. He tries to run. He gets put in a storm. God is exalted through the storm. Spoken up, Jonah's thrown overboard, swallowed up by a huge fish, gets stomach acid on him for three days, gets puked up onto a shoreline. Now, all this because he was going the opposite direction. God tells him again the second time, Jonah, get up, get over there, and do what I told you to do. And God takes it and turns it into a one-day journey that quick. It's amazing how when we turn around and we start doing what God wants us to do, how God will expedite and provide for us the means and the way and what may seem like three days will not will only be one. Yeah. You know? mm. And we all know the word of God is anointed. So just the word of God alone, you know, has an impact on the people. But I'm sure because of having been in the belly of the whale and his appearance being altered, he stood out. He was a spectacle. <laughs> right. And I'm sure everybody in Nineveh was talking about him. Well, think about that. That's the same with John the Baptist, right? I mean, John the Baptist, camel hair, ate locust and honey, so on and so forth, cried out in the wilderness again. I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to get off track, but you're right. Those things drew attention like that. I can only imagine it was the same way with Jonah. You're exactly right. And to be honest with you, I haven't given it that much thought before you actually mentioned that, Rick, that, you know, he probably had a foul odor to him, man, if nothing else. I mean, really, truly, even if everything was fine and his hair wasn't halfway eaten off his head or whatever else, <laughs> he had to at least stink because I've cleaned fish. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, they're, they're they're pretty rank. So, I mean, he had to at least have that kind of smell on him, which is enough of a deterrent to keep people away. But So, anyway, so... So then he cries out and he said, yet 40 days and then it shall be overthrown. And he, and he, and he, and he starts speaking and preaching to these. And, and so the people of Nineveh believe God. They proclaimed a fast to put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. It was the greatest revival ever recorded. And, and you know what? I don't even like revival. Uh, it was the greatest conversion 
ever mm-hmm. recorded because these people were never revived to be revived. Right. We say that all the time. It was a mm-hmm. revival, but we're talking lost souls. Mm-hmm. They were never there. You know what I'm saying? They, these were fresh, you know, now uh, believers of God, the true God. So uh, all of them, from the greatest of them to the least of them, all of them. And then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose in his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth too and, and ashes, and caused uh, and caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by decree. Now, that means from the top all the way down. And we've got a whole lot of turmoil going on right now in our United States of America with who our president is. Now, can you imagine? Well, I have imagined. We believe that uh, God does not pick the perfect men to do the job. Uh are men that are perfect to do the job. He picks the, 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 the man who can be perfect for the job. Did I say that right? I probably didn't. He doesn't pick a perfect man to get the job done. He picks the man that's perfect for the job. For such a time as that. That's right. That's right. That's right. So anyway, so then God saw their works and they turned from their evil ways and God relented from their disaster and he said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. So, Jonah gets thrown up. He preaches the word, tells them to repent. They all repent. They believe him. It's the greatest, you know, conversion that we read about in the Bible. And then God spares them all. Mm-hmm. And that's where it takes us through with chapter yeah. three. And that's a great demonstration that God desires mercy over judgment. That's exactly now, right. Now he will judge. If they had not repented, judgment would have come, come upon him. That's right. But he was giving them a chance to repent because he desires mercy over judgment. And that's exactly what happens after this. So Jonah, and now we're getting into Jonah's real motives of why he didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Chapter 4 starts out with that, where Jonah gets mad. Mm-hmm. So Jonah does what God says because he's, I'm tired of being in a sea, <laughs> in a storm. I'm tired of being in the belly of a fish. I'm tired of smelling like fish. I'm tired of all these bad things happening, Lord. So I'm going to do what you want me to do, even though I don't want to do it. And now that he did it, the results happened, and now Jonah's mad about it, right? Mm-hmm. So, And that's where it starts out with verse 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. Yeah, so he prayed to the Lord. And he said, Oh, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant and loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And God says to him, this is great to me. Because sometimes, you know, (laughs) I just love how the Lord doesn't coddle him. Listen to this. Uh, And the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? I, I... not, uh, no, no, wait a second. Hold on, Jonah. No, 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 no. But, 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 but you don't understand. God just simply says, hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Really? You're upset that people got spared? Your hatred and anger is so great that that's what is more important than mercy and goodness? That's what he says to him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think there's also, I don't know, there might be a little bit of pride issue here, too. Mm-hmm. He was so upset he didn't get his way. Right. He wanted to die. Yeah, man. You know, life was no longer worth living in his eyes. Yep, uh, absolutely. And I could see that 100%. And, uh, and, and really, I mean, he kind of got, he got pushed to the bottom. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, here, think about that. He was a man that was chosen by God to do something, didn't want to do it out of his own things because he had such hatred for these people. Then God kind of takes his thumb and puts his thumb on him, takes him down to where he needs to be at for this to happen, and then he still gets mad and goes, I can't believe all this happened. Yeah, yeah, there's pride in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So anyway, go ahead, brother. Is there something else you're going to say? Well, he, it makes me wonder, while he was preaching repentance, was he hoping in his heart nobody would listen to him? Ooh, <laughs> that's right, <laughs> Was man. he just going through the motions being obedient to God, but his heart wasn't really in it? Hmm. God's word is more effective than our intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, yes. you, that's that's a that's a good message too. That's why we still, that's why we uh, we still stand on the word no matter how we feel, mm-hmm. both ways. Yeah, that might explain why you know there's a lot of ministers out there that really aren't in it for the calling, in it for because they want to give their all to the kingdom of God. You know, it's a career, right? Or it's a way to make money, but yet we still see God move. Yeah. through those ministries and we're like well if they're not sincere and legit why is god moving through those ministries because god's word is anointed that's right man that's a really good point that is a good good a good second to pause on and think about that that even even in that case just speaking the word of god still uh, showed fruit it still mm-hmm. produced something man it didn't come back void in that either mm-hmm. no matter what his intent was yeah yeah i don't know exactly where it's at but i remember the apostle paul even said even though they may not be sincere let them do their ministries anyway as long as people are getting saved that's right yeah well uh you know even remember when uh and of course jesus said that when they were the disciples came back oh they're casting out demons in your name blah blah blah, blah you know and even jesus said you know hey whoa Hey, don't, don't worry about that. You know what I mean? Uh, all that plays into that same thing. But Rick, I'm looking at the time and, uh, we're going to have to call it quits for now. Uh, pick this back up, man. We're going to conclude the rest of chapter four next time. But, uh, anyway, we've had a great lesson so far capped up. Guys, hang with us. Come back because we're going to finish up this and then we're going to get into our points of our lesson here. So. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. And until then, prepare your heart for the coming revival. 